Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's the best friends forever. Best friends forever. Fantasy best friends forever. Yo, this is the Fantasy Best Friends Forever here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Alongside Frankie Stample, I am Greg Sussman. Joined today, as we are each and every Friday that he feels like joining us, it's Michael Florio. What's going on, Mike? Feel like joining you. I missed one week. That's it. Oh, what about next week? That's it. Next week, I'm going to be in Florida. I, I, I'm also not going to be here next Friday. Where are you going? Are you going to Florida, too? I know you go there a lot. No, I'm going to uh, Charleston, South Carolina. You guys won't be that far apart, actually. No. Do you want, do you you want know to know that is, that is one of Nicolette's, like, we have to visit cities Charleston? one day. Like, she really wants to go there, yes. That's cool. I've never been to Charleston, but I've been to Myrtle Beach a ton. I enjoy it. Pretty fun there. Never been either. My family has a timeshare resort thing. And, I mean, it's, it's pretty fun over there. They have, like, Broadway at the beach. They have all these attractions and stuff. Obviously, they have a beach, so that's fun. Uh, yeah, I enjoy it. I enjoy Myrtle Beach a lot. I am uh, going on a bachelor party. Yeah, I heard someone bashing you downstairs the other day, and rightfully so. They were like, oh, well, you're going to Charleston for a, for bachelor a bachelor party. party. Right. You're going to go to, you know, see a historical landmarks as, as part of the bachelor party? That was Steve that was saying that. <laughs> I and mean, it's I, a fair question. Is it? Yeah, I'm sure there's fun stuff to do in Charleston that it doesn't involve historical landmarks. I, I honestly, I couldn't tell you. Are they known for being a big party town? I, I don't know. I, I think so. People go on bachelor parties there. It's a thing, I think. You think? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not. You don't know. It's not my bachelor party. You're about party. to find out. I'm pretty excited about it. So you're not going to be here next Friday. So right. I might, mean, what, solo for two hours? Uh, what am I doing? That's, that seems to be up to you. Seems to be up to me. You, you see, you see, Mike. You see, uh, since you've left, you are, nothing uh, has changed. Frank, you are the senior content manager, are you not? So you can make a decision as the senior content manager. All right, I'll figure it out. Mike, how are you? I'm good, guys. Uh, I apologize if I'm a, a little congested. Uh, allergy season here in California, but besides that, I'm uh, I'm doing well. It's good to hear, Greggy. How are you doing? I, I saw you like. Walking around a little weird. Today? Yeah, I just wanted to make sure everything was all right. What do you mean? Well, I know you had a, um, I know you had a physical exam this morning, so I wanted to I make did. sure that uh, you know, everything's, uh, everything's going all right, everything's going properly, uh, because I heard a rumor that um, you had to get a few things checked out. Oh, I had to get my body checked out. It was a physical exam. Well, I mean, emergency. specifically something, you know, that, uh, you know, rubber glove. Uh, I, I don't know what you're referring to. Uh, I, I, well... Look, you, if you, you don't want just, to talk about it, it's fine. I, I'm happy to talk about anything. It's, you know, it's a family show. I'm happy to talk about anything you want. How are you feeling? Are you right? Are you healthy? I, I feel good, yeah. Everything I, good to go? Things are good, man. I've, I've lost some weight each of the last two years. Look at this guy. No, your dad doesn't think Shed so. Shed to wed. 
You're, you're, your, your dad doesn't think so. That's okay. Mike, did you hear this story? No. How did? What was the first thing my dad said to you? I don't. Yeah, I don't remember exactly what it was. It was something along the lines of "You look fatter on TV." <laughs> watch out! Watch out, sir! You're directly in front of our camera. Okay, thank you. You put. You put. put please don't put that thing right in front of the camera. Don is the man. The Don is the yeah, man. Yeah. So, he so he 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 literally um, just walks in. And says, oh, you're uh, you're you're much fatter on on uh, TV. You gotta. Well, that's kind of like a backhanded compliment, right? So you look good in person, Greg. He, that's he, what matters. He expected to be me to be a lot bigger. <laughs> well, you you uh, you look better in person. And then it's a backhanded. And compliment. Alex, a Alex, what I didn't tell you, Alex and I were talking earlier this week. Do you know how old Brian thought I was? I mean, at least forty. Yeah. Is it, what is that exactly? What it was, was that? What it was, Alex? We're late thirties, forty. I believe he said thirty-nine. Yeah. So you Greg, didn't have that's any. Actually, uh, probably lower than you've been accustomed to getting. <laughs> when we had Al Melchior in studio, he thought you were forty-two. He did. <laughs> Things are going great for Greg here. That's why you got to get married sooner rather than later, Greg. You never know when. Uh, you never know when things are going to happen. It's not going great, Frank. It's not making me feel good. <laughs> well, happy Friday, Greg. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Happy uh, uh, Lucas Giolito. Oh my gosh. Let's start there, shall we? Oh my goodness gracious! And hey, we were all over this one too, Greggy. It was hot right now. I'm, like, I'm very hot, we, Frank. We started doing like this. I love uh, it. We're starting to give out some some betting didn't I, picks. Didn't I pick the White Sox? I picked the White Sox last night on this show. Yes. Yeah. And I I was hesitant. I was like, yeah, you, you know what? I, I'm I'm a little scared there. I'm a little scared of Giolito going up against the Astros. I'm hot right now. Greggy is hot, Mike. I'm hot right now. <laughs> Good for Greggy. Thanks, man. So we've been giving out Greggy, our picks. Have- What's up? Did you pick the Raptors last night? I know I only do baseball. Okay, okay, okay. Well, I only do baseball, and I've gotten picks right every day. Uh, I loved. I picked Lucas Giolito, and I loved the. What was the other one I loved yesterday? Right, you tell me. I think there was an over under. Maybe it was two days ago. I get confused now. Well, we were talking about the Twins and Angels. Uh, oh the, yeah, the total there. We what were a like, joke. well, Matt Harvey might give up ten runs by himself, and he did. <laughs> he came pretty damn close. Dude, your boy Matt Harvey Florio is. The worst. I've never seen a worse pitching performance in my life than yesterday. Like, I was downstairs. I recorded a bunch of stuff up here. I went downstairs. Frank went to the bathroom. I was sitting in his chair. And Steve and I are just watching this game. And every out went to the warning track. Every hit went either to the warning track as a double or over the fence as a home run. Every single one that I saw. I've never seen harder contact against anybody in my life than the Twins' contact yesterday against Matt Harvey. And I'm not saying that with any hyperbole whatsoever. The Twins are the hottest team in baseball right now, if you want to give him a, a little bit of a I don't. Pass. I don't. I say, I say it all the time, man. I feel really bad for Matt Harvey. So like, I said that yesterday also, and then uh, somebody was like, well, he was sleeping with Adriana Lima for a while and making a lot of money, so I don't. Well, yeah, that's true, but... He had literally, literally, he made a lot of money, but if, when we're going to look back at his career and be like, damn, he made nothing compared to what we thought he was going to make. Yeah, it's going like, to be, yeah, I agree with that. It's, it's going to be a what could have been one for sure. Yeah, he's making $11 million this year, and I think probably going to be getting nothing but minor league contracts going forward. Like, if he's lucky. I was going to make well over $300 million. Yeah, he, he has nothing left. I said it last year. I mean, I just feel bad because it's all from injury. 
And Matt Harvey doesn't strike me as a guy who's been uh, smart about saving his money. So I hope I'm wrong about that for for his case. Well, that's not nice, Frank. But um, might, be, might have been. Well, hopefully, I don't, I don't think so. Hopefully, at least this year he knew, like, hey, this could be the end, and he's saving this 11 million. I hope so, man. I really do. Yeah, he he should be. I mean, he should, you know, have a condo right next to Florio, live out there in L.A., <laughs> save all his money. He's got he probably does. I would think, and we'll see what happens with him. But I mean. The Twins, uh, just talking about the Twins, Greg, they now lead all of baseball in home runs with 98. Dude, they're, they a, they're, a, they're a piece of shit. They lead all in baseball in barrels so far this year. I mean, they are just, it is incredible. They're on pace to shatter the Yankees' record most home runs in a season. Remember, that's my second team, Greg. It is. You're all over the Twins this year. <laughs> well, not really. They're not really my second team. But, I, yeah, I, did, I like their offense a lot. I ended up with a lot of shares. I have scope. I have... Uh, I have Miguel Sano in a league. I have CJ Crone in a few leagues. I have uh, Jorge Polanco in the main event. So it's been a lot of fun. Frank was having fun until his opponent was hitting home runs also. Oh, that was insane, man. Yesterday, so I had Scope and I had Crone. And every time they hit a home run, his guys would hit a home run because he had Jorge Polanco. He had Max Kepler. Uh, very frustrating. Very frustrating day, Greg. Yeah, uh, also probably frustrating. Year overall, I got I got a lot of rage built up. Also probably frustrating for you. It might be the presence of Gabe around in the, uh, in, the in the pit league. I, I'm beating you. Yeah, you're, ha- you're, you're handling me quite well. Thank you. Well, everyone gets lucky, man. Agreed. <laughs> but, I mean, look at my... I haven't had J.D. Martinez all week. I have no Conforto. I have, Nelson, I have no Nelson Cruz. Uh, Trevor Bauer forgot how to pitch. I don't have uh, James Paxton. So, you know, it's, uh, it's, I'm missing like 50% of my roster here, Greg. So, Let, happens. Let's go over some of the waiver wire stuff. We'll get into Lucas G. Bit, a little bit later on. But we have Florida to talk about waivers. So, I want to get into it. And... Uh, I'm going to ask a personal question. That's where I'll start here. Uh, I need a first baseman, Mike, as Yandy Diaz hit the IL. So I have one pickup remaining, and I'm playing Frank, and I need to replace my first baseman. Oh, Greg also dropped Josh Bell for Yandy Diaz in the first week of the season, Mike. Thought you should know that as well. I did. That is correct. We call Uh, that that, premature droppage. Which is what Greg suffers from in every sport. Uh, In every sense of the word. I was patient uh, with certain players, but they're just bad. Uh, Josh Bell, no patience, and I dropped him for Yandy Diaz, which at the time, Frank said that was fine. He wasn't like, oh my God, what I are you doing? You, you, weren't, you didn't like criticize me at the time for doing it. You're like, all right, whatever. I'm pretty sure I said I, I, I don't think I would have done that. You, you did, but you yeah. weren't like, that was like an egregious mistake. Yeah, but I, I probably wouldn't have done it. And I'm, uh, that's what I said at the time, and yeah, hindsight 2020, Greg. So I need a new first baseman. Do you have any recommendations for me? Uh, I would right now say pick up Rowdy Telez. I mean, he's on. He's not fire. available. Please try again. Uh, oh, he's not. Um, I'm who I don't know who is available in your league. Well, I can answer that question like, for you, Mike. Uh, here are my answers. Ready? All right. Sure. Marcana without Chris Davis. Yeah, but but that's still up in the air, right? Like, there's no certainty. I feel like Chris Davis needs to be on the IL. We talked about the, we talked, well, it hasn't happened yet. We talked about this with well, Dr. Uh, well, he Dr. should Ray. be. He yeah. should have been for like two weeks, but they continue to try to be like, oh, he might be back this weekend. What about your boy, Florio? J.D. Davis. I expect J.D. Davis to get a lot of play in the next few days at the very least, the next like week or so. So if you're just looking for a temporary Band-Aid, I mean... He's okay. Yeah, he's a, a serviceable option. That wasn't very. That wasn't great. All right. Uh, I have either I Red like Sox first baseman. I have Steve Pierce or Mitch Moreland available. Mitch Moreland is your guy, Greggy. 
do love Mitch I don't, Moreland. I remember that from last Mitch Moreland year. guy. All right, I'll just pick up Mitch Moreland. You, you guys are right. Miguel Cabrera's out there, too. Right? Yeah, he was my other choice. Yeah, Miguel Cabrera's been uh, quite bad. He's batting 298, <laughs> but he's only, he only has one homer, 19 ribbies. Uh, you could go the Miguel Cabrera route. Mitch Moreland has 13 homers. You could pick up uh, one of the prospects, Kevin Crone, Josh Naylor. No? I could. Will they, will, will they be playing? Well, that, that's the million-dollar question. That's the issue. Hmm. I don't, I, can you help the people out? Like People are like me, yeah, like Josh Naylor, yeah. come on, Biggio. All these guys are called up. Yeah, so Josh Naylor, uh, I like him a lot, and it's good to know that the Padres are you know, keeping him in mind right now because I thought you know, he might have fallen by the wayside here with, uh, with all these other Padres prospects. But he's a top 10 prospect for them, 299 batting average, 378 OBP. He's got 10 home runs in the minors this year. They're coming up on a stretch, Greg, where they play six games in American League ballparks so in a row. So he'll DH. So he's going to be, be the DH for the next six games, and then... Sent back down. Don't know what's going to happen after that. Yeah. He's likely that's, sent down. That's my so fear. That's, that's the problem with Josh Naylor. And then Kevin Crone, someone that I've actually been touting so far this year, uh, younger brother of CJ Crone, actually. And if I, if I love CJ Crone, I got to love Kevin Crone, right? I think love so, the yeah. entire Crone family while we're at it. But, you know, everyone's talking about Yordan Alvarez and what he's doing in the minors. Kevin Crone is batting 339 with 21 home runs in 44 games. The guy has 62 ribbies. In 44 games, he had 22 home runs all of last year in 104 games. This year, he has 21 home runs. So, um, I'm intrigued, but I do have question marks about where he's going to play. Mike, what do you think about Kevin Crone? I like him a lot. I know some people are saying uh, PCL, the new juice ball, but still, his numbers are off the charts. Although, John Gamba Badardo, however, I think that's how you pronounce his name, he is a... a radio host in Arizona, he tweeted last night, Christian Walker, still the regular first baseman, Crone will pinch hit and occasionally first baseman to start. So what I put on Twitter was, I think Kevin Crone is going to be one of these guys who early on in playing time is going to be inconsistent. Christian Walker has not played well. Uh, as of last night, he was hitting 100, 148 with one home run in his last 60 plate appearances. But he still, I think, is early on at least going to get enough playing time where it's going to make both of those guys uh, frustrating to own. I think Kevin Crone is going to be one of these guys who in like a week or two, people are like, hey, should I drop him because his playing time's inconsistent? Uh, I think he is more a guy that you add right now if you're hoping to stash someone rather than if you're looking to pick up the next big thing. You're going to have to pay the fab, unfortunately, like he's the next big thing. I just worry about the playing time early on. Yeah, me too, Greg. And, you know, looking at what you need, right? So if you need someone who's going to play and help you contribute right away, Kevin Crone is probably not your guy. But if you have a, a bench spot available in a 12-team league, yes, 12-team league, I, I will say that shallow. I think Kevin Crone is worth stashing right now. I think he's one of the top stashes. And obviously in deeper leagues, he's going to go for more money. I mean, not as much as some of these other guys were going for last week, you know, 20 to 30% of your fab. You're probably looking at... 7 to 10%, that's probably what I would put it as because, again, he's not going to help you right away, but he is a guy who might be able to help you in a couple of weeks from now. Kind of like what we were saying about Christian Walker earlier on in the season where he was kind of the stat cast hero who was mashing the ball when he was getting an opportunity, and now he uh, Walker has had the opportunity to play, and over his last 30 days, he's batting 208 with only one home run, so not really taking much advantage of this opportunity anymore. Uh, so I do like Kevin Crone as a stash, but I just don't know that he's going to play right away as well, Greg. But I do like him quite a bit. 
How much money, guys? How much money on Kevin Crone? Your boy. How much money on Josh Naylor? Not really your boy, but I'll ask anyway. Yeah, I mean, again, he's only a temporary fix, so not much. Two to three percent. Uh, with a guy like Kevin Crone, I, I just said, you know, it, probably in like the seven to eight percent range, you want to be a little bit more aggressive, go as high as 10 percent, but I can't really see going much higher than that. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, I agree. Naylor, I'm not really going to look to spend much fab at all on. It's a Band-Aid. And for Crone, I, I was thinking 5 to 10%, so right in the same range as you. All right, so not all that much. You guys aren't too too pumped on Crone and Naylor. But when it gets to Kavon Biggio... Top pick-up. Well, that'll be interesting. Kavon Biggio and the top pickups for the week are up next here on the BFFs. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round. We never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day, 10 an hour, one person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621 866-484-9621 That's 866-484-9621 Do you want two risk-free wagers up to $1,000? If so, go to pointsbet.com forward slash grid. Open yourself up a PointsBet sports wagering account. Enter the promo code GRID and you'll get two risk-free bets of up to $1,000. In addition to traditional betting, PointsBets also offers its own betting concept where customers they're rewarded by how much they win their bet that's pointsbet.com forward slash grid enter the promo code grid and get your two risk-free bets of up to one thousand dollars today so i hope you can stand the vibration because we're about to rock the entire nation all right here we go well well Well, back with you here in the Fantasy Best Friends Forever. Frank Stample, Greg Sussman, Michael Florio, hanging out with you on a Friday. Yeah, Memorial Day weekend, baby. Happy Friday, Greg. You too, buddy. You too. Excited? Thrilled. Mike, who do you want to win in the Raptors and Bucks series? You know... Uh, I found myself last night rooting for the Raptors, even though I all I wanted was to see it go seven. But for some reason, Kawhi Leonard is just, he's so much fun to root for. He is, but you know who isn't? That would be Drake. Oh, yeah, Drake sucks. Why? Yeah, Mike is on my side. Let's go. Greg, he's over here like, 
You just wish you were a fan like Drake so that you can stand on the court and, and give Nick Nurse a massage and blah, blah, blah. Well, my, my, him. my no, point. No, no. I... Yes, Mike? Oh, no, I was going to say, I, I, I get it, and I like that, like, Detroit, uh, Detroit, <laughs> Toronto has, like, this celebrity crazy fan and ambassador, but he goes too far. Why? He rubbed shoulders of the coach. Yeah, it's awesome. The game. That's awesome. I get what Giannis said, man. Giannis was like, what if I just walked out on his stage and started dapping up, you know, the people playing, like, the instruments behind him and stuff. Like, he would, wouldn't like it. And what, I just, what would be wrong with that? If in the middle of a song, he's just like, yo, uh, you know, like, a lot of times these rappers, they'll have players, like, people play instruments instead of just play a beat. Sure. Like, if he just threw them all off and was like, and you don't think Drake would have an issue with that? Wait, how did he throw them off? Because, wait, Giannis was no, thrown he, off? Giannis, Giannis was thrown off because Drake rubbed Nick Nurse's shoulders. Get the hell out of here. Giannis was very vocal. He said he doesn't like it. And I don't blame him. No, if well, you know what? In that game, I wouldn't. You know what? Beat him! Beat him! At the end of the day, Drake is a, Drake is a fan. Drake is not part of the team. So what? Who cares? Well, it, can any other fan do that? No, but they're not Drake. Drake is not every other fan. This is horse crap, Greg. Who cares? I don't. I don't like him. <laughs> That's what I, I. I said that yesterday. I just don't like him. So if Aaron Rodgers got off and started rubbing boots, would you hate Aaron Rodgers? No, I don't like him either. The guy can't even chug a beer. Can't. You shouldn't even draft him in fantasy football because of that. Can't chug a beer. Did you see someone posted a video last night of Matt Stafford watching that game and he chugs a whole beer like it's nothing? Really? And they posted it on Twitter just because. Well, I mean, most people can. Most people can chug a beer. Not that we uh, promote binge <laughs> drinking by any means. But, sure we did, Frank. Uh, Christian Yelich chugged a beer. Bakhtiari chugged three beers. Aaron Rodgers. Oh, my God. The guy's sitting there Aaron for Rodgers 10 seconds salty. and he drinks half a beer. What are we doing? He looked salty when Yelich did it. He wasn't happy. He was like this. He was like that. He looked salty. He wasn't happy. I love it. I love this whole beer drinking thing in Milwaukee. I think it's hysterical. Well, that's what they have, right? They have beers and brats. That's right. That's There's absolutely two right. things that I love, by the way, Greg. And bucks. Clearly. The brats, the brats in Milwaukee are awesome. Never been there. Brats, beers, and bucks. Let's go. Let's begin, let's go back, I should say, to the waiver wire. We mentioned Josh Naylor here. Um, we mentioned your boy, Kevin Crone. Let's get into Kavan Biggio. Frankie, you've been really excited about Biggio's potential to come up. Now he's up. Yeah, he's, uh, he's doing things a lot differently this year, too, in the minor leagues. In years past, has struggled a little bit with strikeouts. Uh, in 2017, 25% strikeout rate. Last year in AA, uh, in AA 26% strikeout rate this year. He's lowered it all the way down to a 16% strikeout rate, and he's always had a good OBP, has a really, really good eye at the plate, 19.7% walk rate. Uh, some might even say that that's a little bit too passive. That's like Joey Votto level of plate discipline, but that obviously boosts him up in points leagues and boosts him up in OBP leagues. And, you know, I don't have as many concerns when it comes to him in terms of playing time, Greg, because they've used him like a super utility man in the minor leagues where he can play both middle infield positions. Uh, he could play outfield positions as well. So they're going to find a way to get this guy in the lineup. They've already sent down, or they're going to send down, Billy McKinney as well as, as part of this move. And he has an interesting power-speed combination as well. I do question the hit tool a little bit. This year he was hitting 307, but in years past, 252, 233. I saw someone make the comp for like Steven Souza or a BJ Upton type player. 
uh, with better plate discipline, better OBP, and I could see something like that. But last year, he was a 2020 player in the minors. And this year, six home runs, five stolen bases, and he's part of this interesting Toronto Blue Jays lineup, Greg, which is starting to get better now. You're seeing Vlad hit. You're starting to see Rowdy Telez hit. And they're adding another dynamic offensive weapon. So uh, I think the Toronto Blue Jays, Offense is about to get a lot better. So I, I do like him. I, I think he is the probably the top ad this week and uh, just, you know, that next level of prospect that, you know, last week we had all of those prospects and this week we have a few more, but Kevon Biggio is uh, he's just ahead of the rest, Greg. Florio, what about you? He's a decent way ahead of the rest for me. I, I don't worry about his playing time like I have to with the other guys. I think they're calling him up. I, I'm hoping that they just play him every day at second base. Uh, I don't disagree with what Frank said, whereas some days they may be able to get him elsewhere because he can play those other positions. But a youngster coming up for the first time, I'm hoping they just give him that one set position and let him focus on that. Uh, I don't think he has the ceiling of the uh, the big prospects from last week, but I do think he has a better power speed combo than any of those other guys. Like like Frank said, 26 home runs last year, 20 stolen bases in 132 games at the double A level. Uh, this year in triple A, the power speed, six home runs, five stolen bases. Like Frank said, I mean, the, he's walking more than he's striking out, which you have to love to see in points leagues. Uh, I actually picked him up in one of our home leagues last week and have been stashing him, so I'm pretty happy about that. Uh, in other leagues, I'm looking to obviously get in on the bidding for him this week. And I will say this. I also think now is the time to start stashing Bo Bichette. I know he hasn't uh, played as great in the minors this year as he has in years past, but we have Vlad Jr. at third base now. We have Rowdy Telez at first base. I'm hoping that we get... Uh, Kavon Biggio over at second base and then Bichette at shortstop and we will get for maybe half the season the Blue Jays infield of the future so I'm really looking forward to that uh, I think now is the time to stash Bichette and I think that Biggio is the top ad this week the one thing I'll say on Bichette is Greggy have you seen an update at all because I know he got hit by the pitch in the hand earlier on in the season and he he broke a bone in his hand so I think he might be a ways away, like maybe more of like a second half pickup. But if you do have a minor league spot, I don't have a problem with stashing him, obviously. Uh, there are a few other names that, you know, we can either get into later on, mention them now. I mean, a lot of names that you've heard already, the Astros guys. I like Ryan Mountcastle, uh, Luis Urias, and Dylan Cease. I think those guys might be a little bit closer. But I haven't really seen an update on Bichette, but I think he was dealing with um, the fracture in his hand. I haven't seen an update either. Uh since then, I know he's working his way back. I think he's more of an option in the second half, I believe, Frankie. Yeah, but definitely has a, an interesting uh, power-speed combination as well. It would be a lot of fun. I think, you know, especially in September, August, uh, you know, we don't really expect the Toronto Blue Jays to make any noise this year. And they've already said it. Like, they're going to be shopping guys like Justin Smokes, shopping Marcus Stroman, Aaron Sanchez, because they want a young core of players that can all grow together and what better way to do it right there on the infield, like Mike was saying, with Kevon Biggio and Rowdy Telez and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And then eventually Bo Bichette. Um, the only thing they're missing is that they need a few outfielders. They need some starting pitchers. But I think that they'll be able to get a pretty nice return for guys like Marcus Stroman. Not as much with like Aaron Sanchez and Justin Smoke. But um, things are looking up for the Blue Jays. Uh, when it comes to Kevon Biggio, again, I'm not going as high as I was last week, Greg, uh, in terms of fab. But... I could see going 15, maybe 20% of my fab, but for some people, 
might be hard to do because everyone else has been spending. And if you want to be in on the your Don Alvarez sweepstakes whenever he comes up to, then you might want to save some fab for that. But if you do have a hole at, at middle infield, then this is probably a guy that you want to spend up on. Mike, how does Kavon Biggio compare to some of the prospects from, from last week and the week before, right? The catch here is Austin Riley, who's been disgustingly hot. Uh, Willie Calhoun before he got hurt. Nicky Lopez. How does Kavon Biggio compare to those guys? I think if he was called up a week ago, we would be talking about him at the back end of the top tier of those other four, where it was Calhoun, Rogers. Like, I don't think he's, you know, close to like Riley. Uh, Riley was number one for everyone last week, uh, at least when the bidding came on Sunday. Uh, so I, I don't think he would have been the top of it. I think he would have been more of the bottom of that tier, but I think he would have been higher than Nicky Lopez and Oscar Mercado. Uh, at least if you need the power and speed, because he offers more of that, the better combo, I think, than really any of those other guys' uh, different skill set. And as for Bo Bichette, I did read uh, last weekend he was uh, amping up for to begin baseball activities again, and his timetable from when he got hurt would put him returning in the next week or two. That's good. Good to know. To know. Uh, um, how, much, uh, how much percentage are you looking at for Biggio, Mike? Uh, I was thinking... Like 10 to 15%. That was my uh, initial. I don't know if that's too low. I feel like after last week, I just, at least it's my team specific where I put bids in. I can't be going like 25, 30% after last week. I just, I spent a lot of money last week. No, I'm just reading this now as well, uh, Greggy, that the Blue Jays are expected to recall Lourdes Gurriel as well. Saw that as well. So he can play. I'm I'm interested to see where they're going to have Biggio playing because they can obviously use Gurriel at second and then maybe they use Biggio in the outfield. Is that why they're sending down uh, Billy McKinney? It'll be interesting to see where I've he I've seen plays. speculation that, that Gurriel might be a, a u- super utility role for them. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see that was just at least what one Blue Jays writer posted last night on Twitter. Let me pull this up. Where Biggio has played so far this year in, in 2019. He's played six games at first base. 22 at second, 7 at third, 4 in right field, 1 in left field. So, yeah, like, he can play all over the place. Sure. So, he's going to be a super utility guy. And um, for Biggio, let's see. He has second base eligibility right now on CBS Sports. And, you know, if he plays the outfield, then, I mean, we're going to be looking at a guy who has dual eligibility. And I think that'll probably be the case uh, before long when it comes to Kavan Biggio. You lean more with the uh, ten to fifteen or fifteen to twenty. I'm probably think? doing more of ten to fifteen at this point. I I like to save my money for the Astros guys. I don't know uh, if Biggio provides the immediate spark. Like I, it's more wait and see ish. So I would rather do ten to fifteen percent when it comes to Biggio. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, uh, let's continue on, guys. Um, from the non-prospect division, right? There's no more prospects we need to talk about, Frank. Right? Hmm. No, I don't think so. I mean, again, unless we're just referencing the guys that should be stashed, but we've, you know, we've talked about those guys before. I mentioned them before. I mean, Zach Gallen as well, although he's not on the 40-man roster for Miami. Um, Kyle Tucker is red hot as well. Ryan Mountcastle. I'm kind of confused as to why the Orioles haven't called up Mountcastle already because they just don't have a lot of talent overall. Uh, Urias absolutely crushing it in, uh, in the Padres farm system right now as well. But again, comes down to playing time. I mean, they should probably just cut ties with Ian Kinsler. The guy's just like yelling and screaming and cursing at everyone anyway. Uh, Carter Keyboom, since he's been sent down, he's been crushing it. So uh, can we get a little Keyboom back? You know, let's, let's get Brian Dozier out of here. But, but I think those are probably the top prospects we're looking at stashing, Greg. But as of now, uh, those are just the guys that are called up for now. Okay. 
So then let's get to the top hitters that have been in the majors for a while that you want to pick up. And you mentioned Rowdy Tellez earlier, Flora. You were very, very high on him coming into the season. He slumped for a while, and, and now he's back dominating. We talked about him uh, with Toronto um, bringing in these reinforcements, what that will do to Tellez in the lineup. Over in Yahoo, Tellez is just 4% owned. That number, obviously, according to you, needs to be higher. Yeah, I think he's a good add in Roto Leagues. Uh, don't love him in points because he still is a, a very free swinger. And that was what a lot of we were saying coming into the year. At least last year, the small sample size at the major league level, he had a high strikeout rate. It's continued this year, 29.6%. At least he's walking more. I do think over time, though, as he gets some seasoning, we should expect his plate discipline to improve. He was never a guy who struck out, you know, over 25% at the major league level, more guy who sat in the high teens. And that walk rate has always been higher at the minor league level. So I think as he gets some seasoning, more experience, we should expect that to get better. But man, first of all, he looks just like Sam Wilt Harley. I don't know if you guys saw the thing I put out <laughs> I did, yeah. last night. I saw it. That was amazing. And and so that's uh, it gives you some fun team names, but all, I mean this guy is just a, a power hitter. I expect the counting stats to get a little bit better as they continue to bring in the added talent from the minor league level. But he's just one of these guys. I think he's going to be very streaky. But right now he's hot, and if you are in need of a first baseman, like if you lost the Andy Diaz, he's a good option uh, for a temporary replacement. I think. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Over the past two weeks, for Rowdy Tellez hitting two eighty nine, nine sixty two OPS, three home runs. Seven ribbies, and you look at the batted ball data, 45% hard hit rate. I mean, this is a big boy, and he hit two home runs the other day against my beloved Eduardo Rodriguez. I was watching that game, and very frustrating to watch lefty on lefty get mashed there, but I think that's you know part of the progression for Rowdy Tellez, too, showing people that he can also hit left-handed pitching, and I think that goes a long way for his playing time, too. When the Blue Jays see that, they're not going to be as apt to maybe sit him against left-handed pitching, so... He's obviously helping himself out a little bit there. He's already got nine homers, 25 ribbies, and I talk about the Fangraphs projections rest of season a lot here, and the bat, Derek Cardi, has him for a 249 batting average the rest of the way and 18 home runs. If he hits 18 more home runs the rest of the way, we're looking at a, you know, close, a 250 hitter with 27 home runs. That's a valuable piece. That's a corner infielder in both 12-teamers and you know, even deeper ones, 15-teamers if he's out there as well. His ownership percentage should be higher than 4%, Greg. Ownership should definitely be higher than 4%. Totally, totally agree, Frank. Uh, in all leagues, not just points leagues, not, or not just roto leagues, but points leagues as well. Um, I understand the flaws that you mentioned, Mike. But tell us it's hot right now. And, and I think I, I mentioned those reinforcements before. He's going to continue to play every day, and, and I think he's going to perform uh, pretty well. One of those pick him up ways hot, Frank. Yeah, absolutely. I don't have any problem with it. Um, I wrote about him maybe like a month ago or something. I, I wasn't necessarily in on him right away, but I saw the light, Florio. I'm buying in. All right. Rowdy, rowdy, man. Ryan John Telez. Is that his name? That's his real name. I got it. I gathered. Yeah. Ryan yeah. John? Yeah, I mean, it, it, when you're that big, you got to have a nickname like Rowdy. You just have to. <laughs> Do you? I Guys, think so. uh, I think so. I don't want to throw, throw the show off the rails, Uh-oh. but the Mets did sign Irvin Santana to a minor league deal, and yours truly was the first one with the tweet out. Okay, so wait, wait, so you broke the information. So like glad. you have sources. Here we go. I'm like, so like glad you brought this up. Ago, yes. I'm so glad you brought this up. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything, but now I have to. It's all yours. All right. Where did you find this information, Mike? Uh, I can't really say. Oh, wait. So you actually had a source. Wait, you actually had a source. 
someone from the Mets organization. That's what I'm saying. Is, yes. is, is this Frank? Do we, do we both know this person, Florio? But we can't. You can't go any further than that. No, no. I'm, I'm saying. I'm, I, don't, I don't even care who it was. You actually had a source that told you this. It was you. So you really broke the yeah. story. And it was. And the source heard it from Brody's mouth. Tested me this morning. I, I Listen, I'm not. I'm, I'm not asking at all for you to reveal the source. I'm just saying. I assumed that you had saw it somewhere. and You were the first one to tweet it out. But I can't believe you just came on the show. And was like, not only did the Mets sign him, but I broke it. I was the first one. I'm pretty hyped. It should be a Patreon story right there, Mike. Well, our own Mike Florio of the BFFs broke it. <laughs> Urban Santana coming to New York. Let's go, Urban I, Santana. I, I saw your boy. Gomez, Todd Frazier. Maybe they'll sign Hanley Ramirez, Carlos they Gonzalez. Might. They might. Who else can they get in there, Mike? I, I mean, s- honestly, I wouldn't put any of that past them. <laughs> Take a break. We'll be back with more after this. The Fantasy Sports Network is ready to take you out to the ballgame. Our experts and analysts are following the boys of summer through all 162 games of the 2019 MLB season with the best fantasy baseball analysis in the industry. Catch the latest news and notes every day to help you win your fantasy leagues and your DFS tournaments. We'll always want you back listening and watching the Fantasy Sports Network on the FNTSY radio app and the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, where we're root, root, rooting for your fantasy baseball team. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. Game time decisions. If I was like a hockey player, I'd be called uh, Baldy. Hey, Baldy, or I'd call you Kojak or something. So, yeah, yeah Kojak. Cam Stewart would be Cammy or Stewie. Yeah, Stewie's so easy. I get Stewie. I think a lot yeah, of Stewie. Yeah. yeah, Stewie. Stewie made some great plays in the corner today. <laughs> yeah. I'd be Gabby or uh, Maury. Maury. Maury came up big between the pipe and I for us. Weekdays, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, only on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Can't get enough fantasy football? Roto Experts has launched their NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, which includes the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts are providing dynasty season-long betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with the promo code FNTSY. It's the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, only at rotoexperts.com. We're back with you here on the Fantasy Best Friends Forever. Michael Florio, breaker of news and chains, alongside Frank Stanfield and Greg Sussman. Will you be picking up Urban Santana, Florio, in your fantasy no. baseball league? Okay. All right. Just thought I'd ask. I don't even think he should be on, on the Mets rotation. But... Well, don't, don't tell your source that. <laughs> um, one closer note here from this week, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, the only closer we had go down was Wade Davis, mm-hmm. which means the only one you got to pick up is Scott Ober. Guys, how much are you spending on Scotty? I'm not very excited not about, much at all. Uh, about Scott Oberg here, Greggy, because A, he has almost as many walks as strikeouts last time I checked, and 
you know, pitching more so to contact in Coors Field as a closer while you walk that many batters, uh, it's probably not a good combination. And when we spoke to Dr. A yesterday, he didn't really seem all that concerned with Wade Davis. And he normally is, you know, very worried about oblique strains, but this seems to be really mild. And they had his, you know, healthy to return date in, you know, early to mid-June. So you might only get like two to three weeks out of Scott Oberg. And frankly, I just don't really think he's that good. So if I were a Wade Davis owner, I'm obviously going to be bidding on him just so I can, you know, maybe get like three to five saves while Wade Davis is gone. But outside of that, you know, like five, six percent. And that's only if I'm a Wade Davis owner. If I'm not and I'm just like speculating on saves, I'm probably going even less. What do you think, Mikey? Yeah. So the other day when the Wade Davis news was announced, uh, I wrote on Patreon like about it. And it was before they announced Oberg was the closer. I, I ranked how I would pick these guys up and Oberg was like third or fourth. Like, I understand he's been the setup man. I thought we, we see a lot of times where they don't like to mess with that the eighth inning guy. I thought they may go that route because Oberg is not very good. Like you said, Frank, he doesn't get a lot of swing and misses. He pitches to contact and Coors Field is the worst environment to pitch to contact. So I, I don't really love it in here. I wouldn't I'd be afraid of what he would do to my ratios. Uh, and in fact, I know some other there's other closers who i think have been dropped like like sean kelly is only 30 percent owned on cbs i'd rather pick up sean kelly than oberg right now i would rather speculate on like the cubs situation because both strope and c check are only 42 percent owned so like i'm not high on oberg at all i do agree with the uh, sean kelly take over oberg as well he's 39 percent owned in yahoo leagues and we saw him return on tuesday and he already has two saves and we kind of spoke about this a little bit, Greg. I still think it's going to be sooner rather than later that Jose LeClerc ends up getting the closer role back. He's, you know, performed much better since he's been demoted. But at least for the short term, like, it might still be a month before he gets it back. But I still think at some point LeClerc will be the closer this season. But for the foreseeable future, you know, if Sean Kelly's performing well, why would they not use him in that role? And, you know, they might end up trading him because the Rangers aren't competing. Uh, but overall, I do agree. I, I would rather have Kelly over Oberg, but... Kelly might already be owning in, in those 15-teamers, those deeper leagues. Totally agree. Kelly over Oberg. For me, you're looking at a guy in Colorado that put in the ninth inning role, may not succeed, and then the ERA and Whipple just blow up right in front of you. Don't love that. Uh, Oberg's not a guy I'm running the waiver wire for. I would much rather, at this point, short-term, near-term, uh, give me Sean Kelly. I completely agree with you. Uh, other players this week to pick up on our list here. Ah, Jimmy Nelson made the list. That's nice. Uh, Florio, uh, Greg is a big Jimmy Nelson hater for whatever reason. I don't know if he's been burned by him in the past, but uh, he's a big Jimmy Nelson hater, and I know that you and I have uh, both been on Jimmy Nelson here, and he had another uh, rehab start. It was either last night or two no- nights ago where he wasn't as uh, successful as he was uh, in some some of his previous starts, but the upside is still there. I understand this guy hasn't pitched since 2017, but what he did in 2017 was absolutely ridiculous, so... Just based on what we saw, I think you have to take a shot and stash him. But I've already been getting this question, Mike. Who would you rather have between Jimmy Nelson and Andrew Heaney? Uh, I'll take an upside shot on Nelson there. I'm a big Nelson believer as well. I understand he hasn't been pitching great in the minors so far. But again, it's his first real action in almost two years. So I'm willing to give him a pass there. I'd love to see that he's still getting you know a strikeout per inning well over that. So I would... uh, 
I would be taking a shot on Jimmy Nelson. The only thing is, I think it's like the last, this is the last weekend I think you have to pick him up. He's 75% owned on CBS Sports League. So in all, you know, deeper leagues, he's already been picked up. I would definitely check your waiver wire. He's someone that on my last couple of podcasts for Patreon, I've uh, mentioned stashing him and it, not saying it's because of me, but people obviously have been noticing that he's working his way back and picking him up because he's owned in like three quarters of leagues now. Yeah, still only owned in 19% of Yahoo leagues, so he might be out there. You know, if you play on Yahoo, if you play in uh, head-to-head categories leagues, I know it's a little bit harder to stash players there. You want guys that can help you right away, but only 19% owned in Yahoo, whereas Andrew Heaney is owned in 44% of leagues, Greg, but it looks like Andrew Heaney is gearing up to return uh, quite soon. as well. It might even be this weekend. I think uh, Andrew Heaney is uh, expected to return this weekend. And he was a really successful pitcher last year as well. I mean, people were excited about Heaney during draft season. I was, yeah. Before he got hurt. But that's that's the Same. main part of this, is that he's always hurt. He's similar to Tyler Skaggs. There's talent there, but he's always hurt. Uh, I, you know, if, uh, if Jimmy Nelson's already gone in your league, I would look at Andrew Heaney. But I do think those are the two you know pitchers who have upside that you can add now, Greg, that are not just like, whatever, two-star pitchers that I'm adding for a week kind of thing. Yeah, I, I, so I agree with the, the mindset, right? These are two guys that you're going to take a shot on um, and have hopes for that they can help you long-term, not just a two-star pitcher who we'll get into next hour, not just a guy that is, has a good matchup this week. It's a guy that is theoretically good enough to help you the rest of the way, help you going forward, I, I, ideally. I, I think that... I like Heaney a little bit more. Uh, I don't know why I'm so anti-Jimmy Nelson. I don't know why I've become that guy. Uh, I do feel like I am. Um, but I don't know. Maybe I, I've seen it more recently, I guess, with Heaney. Maybe that's what it is. They're both always injured. Uh, Nelson has not pitched in a really, really long time, and I think there may be some rust when he gets back to the majors. I, don't, I feel less of that uh, with Heaney. I guess the question is, how much do you spend on these guys? Uh, not much. Um, you know, if I play in deeper leagues... Maybe like 3 to 5%. I mean, if you really wanted to ensure that you get Jimmy Nelson, I mean, you could be a little bit more aggressive, but I probably wouldn't. I'd probably put him in that 3 to 5%, even if that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, look, Andrew Heaney did a lot of nice things last year. You look at the, uh, the chase rate, the O swing, uh, his swinging strike rate was solid as well, a strikeout per inning, and, and all of his ERA indicators were actually better than his 4.15 ERA. But that seemed to be, you know, really his, his best season that he's had. And it's just, you know, when I'm comparing the best seasons that both of these guys have had. Sure. Jimmy Nelson's best season back in 2017, 349 ERA uh, with over 10 Ks per nine. It's just his upside is higher than Andrew Heaney's. Let me, if you're picking players up, you got to drop some people. And and I want to do this before we lose Florio. um, Because I think there's some really, really tough names out there on this list. And I'm really glad you added them, Frank, because you were honest. You said, listen, when we get to Memorial Day... That's my cutoff. That's when I'm going to start making the tough decisions. And uh, this Sunday's waivers, if, you're, if your waivers don't, do go through on Sunday night, it's, it's Memorial Day. It's Memorial Day weekend, so we're here. So let me ask Florio the tough questions, then we'll debate it here. We'll, we'll do that as well in the second hour. Florio, given that he's injured now and he's stunk beforehand, would you drop Robinson Cano? I would need to have a... A very reliable second base option. Uh, like And middle infield right now is disgusting. I'm in one league where I just lost Travis Shaw and Anderton Simmons. So I, I'm really just trying to piece it together. Uh, I think if, if I have another option or if I was using him at first base, I know a lot of people on Yahoo use him at first base. I'm okay cutting him 
in the right scenario. But unless I have a second, if I was using him at second base or middle infield, unless I have an option that I feel good about going forward, like would I drop him for Biggio? I'm okay taking that upside shot. You are but okay. Well, well I think it's a good, I think that's a good stop. I think it's a good pause there. All right, so you are okay cutting Cano to get Biggio. Yeah, that's the exact question I was going to ask because he's the top at this week and right. he has second base eligibility. So Correct. I think it makes a lot of sense. And a lot of people might have that question. And I think a lot of people who drafted Robinson Cano might be struggling overall because, you know, what we were expecting out of him, he hasn't lived up to that, obviously. You almost uh, wonder if, you know, last year when he gets caught for the PEDs, is that something that has affected him this year, Greg? Is, is that why he's been dealing with these injuries and, and underperformance? I think it's a question mark, but, but overall I, I would make that move as well. I don't, I don't really have a problem with that, Greg. Would you cut him for a guy that's clearly just a replacement right now, a guy like David Fletcher, who we've talked about in the past? We've talked a lot about Stella no. and Fletcher. You would not cut him for Fletcher? No. Listella, maybe. I like Listella a lot still. Uh, Fletcher, no. Fletcher's cooled off, too. Yeah, I would agree with that. And okay. I'm, I'm just looking at, like, the top second baseman over the past week. I mean, it's not really great. Like, there's Hanser Alberto. I'm not obviously not doing anything like that. Ryan Dozier actually up there over the past week, 348, but like, wouldn't do that either. I, like, I would do it for Biggio, but like some of these other guys that are out there, it just doesn't really make sense. Okay. Um, what about, oh, let me ask Flores. We talked a lot, I spent a lot of time on it yesterday, Frank, so I don't want to totally harp on it again. What about Chris Archer? Would you drop him, Floria? Uh, no, I don't think I'm there yet. Uh, I know he hasn't been great at all, but there still is a lot of, I believe, a lot of value in the name Chris Archer. Uh, the fact that he could still give you well over a strikeout per inning. I think you wait for him to get on a little bit of a hot streak and you try to sell him. I think if you were to drop him, he gets picked up right away. And that's always something I consider when I'm thinking about dropping a player. Yeah, and that's exactly what I said exactly to you the other you day. Said, yeah. I said, if you drop this guy, he's probably going to be added right away. Sure. So you wouldn't even do it for Jimmy Nelson, Mike, because I know, I know how much you like him. Yeah, I love me some Jimmy Nelson, but I'm, I think Jimmy Nelson, as much as I like him, I agree with what Greg said. The first couple of starts, I don't think like when Jimmy Nelson is activated, you start him that first week at all. I think it's a wait-and-see approach. I think the upside is very high, but we're still potentially talking a few weeks before I'm very confident in starting this guy, I, in my opinion at least, starting him every week. So I, I would continue to ride out with Archer for the time being, but that is very close. Okay, so there you go. We're holding. So Florio, a little bit more uh, patient with Chris Archer than, than Frankie is here. Um, we'll see. We'll give him another start or two and, and see what happens. Other big names. Greg, real quick. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Uh, the other day, the, na- the big name that we were talking about, and the, someone I know that Mike likes too, so I want to bring it up right now. Would you drop Archer for Malley, Tyler Malley? Yes. Was, I actually yes. said to Greg that that is a move that I would make. What do you think? Oh, man, that's one of the moves where I would try my hardest to drop someone else and not Chris Archer. If it came down to it, uh, I guess, yeah, I guess I'm okay with it. Mally has been awesome, and I don't think he deserves enough credit. Again, I'm going to talk about him on my podcast today for, like, the fourth straight week saying, like, hey, pick this guy up, pick this guy up. But I, I would be willing to make that move, but I would try hard not to drop Archer. Would you drop... Everybody's spring darling and, and April darling, Domingo Santana. Are you there yet? Uh, for the right piece, yes. What about Tyler? I, I still have him in in the great fantasy baseball invitational because he's my fifth outfielder and there's really no one better on waivers. Uh, at least I haven't 
so I, I've been riding out with with Domingo. Uh, I've also had some injuries there, so that that hurts. But in the one, that's really like the one spot I I was able to get him with all the draft season hype, and I haven't really I haven't dropped him yet. If that helps answer this question, would you drop him, Frank? I don't think that I would. You know, over the past thirty days, he's really really cooled off. He's batting two seventeen with a six ninety three OPS. He has thirty two strikeouts and in ninety two at bats. Um, but if you look at the underlying numbers, still hits the ball really hard. His line drive rate still really high. Strikes out around thirty percent of the time. Um, I I wouldn't. I would try to find someone else. Like this is one of the guys where that's how I feel. This is one of the guys where um, I feel that way about him. Like the way that Florio was mentioning about Chris Archer. I would try my best to find someone else to drop other than Domingo Santana. Okay. All right. What about Joey Votto, gentlemen? Domingo is just oh, sorry. Uh, Votto, I, so I keep telling people on Twitter this, I expect the power to improve for Joey Votto, but I think the, I mean, obviously the days of Votto being an elite player are gone. I even worry if the, the days of Votto being a good source of average and OBP are gone. Like the walk rate is down this year. The strikeout rate is way up. The only thing I, I hold some confidence in is the fact that his hard hit rate is it's, it's actually gone down the last like the last week, but it's still 36.7%, and his fly ball rate is 42.5%. I would expect his home run to fly ball rate to not be like a career low, but right now it's at 7.8%. That's the one thing I keep saying, people. I expect the power to improve, but the rest I'm, I do have concerns about. I, I, I just think that you would be able to... You, you should be able to sell the name value. I would imagine. Look, if you can't, if he's the worst player on your team, then I guess you have no choice. I mean, the only way I can imagine that is, you know, if you play in a 10-team league, he might be the worst player on your team. But I would imagine that in anything deeper than that, you might be able to find someone who still could buy him based off his name value. Like, Mike, can't you see someone in a points league saying, Joey Votto has been so good for so long, he can at least be a serviceable corner infield for me, and then they, you know, try and take the take a shot here and, and try and buy low on him. I can imagine somebody out there still wants to trade for Joey Votto. The thing is, though, how, how much are you actually going to get anything of value for him? Like, because while people might, I, I do agree with you, people are going to look at the name and say it. The other side of it is people are going to look at the fact that he's 35 years old and for now the last eight months that we've seen him play baseball, he has struggled. Yeah, I mean, hundred percent. We might be closer to that. Yeah, um, I look. I, if he's your worst player, then yeah. I mean, you need someone to drop. He's your worst player. Then I don't have a problem with it. And the underlying numbers, there's not a lot that says that he's nothing, get man. There's nothing he here. That's two oh eight batting average. His expected batting average is two fourteen. He's striking out more than ever. He's not even walking as much as he used to. And, and this is now two years in a row where we're we're really seeing this huge, huge power decline. His average exit velocity is down as well. His launch angle is actually up. I think he might be trying to hit too many fly balls this year, and maybe that's something that's in the back of his head. I still think at some point he gets better because, like, the weather heats up in Cincinnati. A few balls fly out here and there. But overall, there really isn't much that say he's going to get a lot better than, than he is right now. So I get it. I get why it's in the conversation. His fly ball rate's the highest it's been since 2007, which was his first year in the bigs, and yet he has a career-low home run to fly ball rate. Like, that's the one thing I, I think improves. Well, this guy's because hitting, I, I don't foresee. He's just hitting a lot of, like, lazy fly balls. That's what it seems like it's coming down to right now. Like, does he just, like, lost some power? I mean, he is one year older. He, you know, he's mid-30s. He's, he's getting up there in age. But, again, if he's your worst guy, he's your worst guy. Here's the thing, right, when it comes to Joey Votto, it's almost like Cliff... Down, 
He reached the age where he's kind of falling off the cliff. Yeah, a little, little uh, Jose Batista style, Greg? In a way, yeah. Totally. Yeah. I mean, you read the, you read the numbers, a, Frank. He had a skill set that you thought would age Translate, well, though. But it has it. You know, a guy who walks a lot, a guy who hits a lot of line drives, and he's always been a professional hitter, and he has all these different batting stances, and, and he's just a professional hitter, professional baseball player. You thought that that was a skill set that would actually age gracefully, and it hasn't been the case. Not at all. Not at all. Would you rather have Joey Votto or Domingo Santana? Two guys are on your list. Two guys you don't really want to cut. I lean with Domingo. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, I agree. I'm pretty happy Joey Votto got some some draft season hype because he was a guy I thought people were going to be off of and I was going to draft a bunch. And because people were still taking him as like a middle first baseman, I have no shares of him, so I'm pretty happy about that right now. All right. Mike, we appreciate the time, my friend. Uh, We will not do it again next week, so hopefully we'll see you in two weeks. Definitely. Awesome. All right. Uh, we'll take a break. We'll be back with the last hour of the week of the Fantasy Best Friends. Right, right, right.